Welcome to For the Love Podcast with best-selling author Jen Hatmaker. Come on in and join us for a chat with Jen and friends about all the things we love. Now, here's Jen. Hey guys, it's Jen Hatmaker. Welcome to the show. This is the For the Love Podcast, and I'm so happy that you're here because today's episode is amazing, and we're kicking off a brand new series. So we just finished a fabulous series on For the Love of Food, had so many cool guests, and your response to it was amazing. And today, we are starting a series called For the Love of Fall and Holidays, and so this whole lineup is great, you guys. I mean, the we've got funny and interesting and smart and wonderful personalities and celebrities and counselors, and we've got a really broad range um, of content to bring you for this series, and I think you're going to love it, um, but I positively know that you're going to love our first guest. And so today, kicking off the For the Love of Fallen Holidays series is none other than Ree Drummond. Da-da-da! Woo! So, I mean, I realize she hardly needs any introduction, um, but obviously Ree is the queen of the whole pioneer woman empire, and, you know, she's a writer, she's a photographer, she's a ranch wife, she's a mom of four, and she's just doing it all right now. Uh, she's got her hit show on the Food Network, The Pioneer Woman. Um, she is the just a slew of best-selling published cookbooks. I have every single one of them, and I've made virtually all of her recipes. Um, she's got this amazing line of products with Walmart that came out first in 2015. I'm sure you've seen it. It's bright, and it's fun, and it's it's so her. And they're adding new things for 2017, by the way. She launched a magazine this year called the Pioneer Woman Magazine. Um, And then she recently opened an amazing destination spot in her little nearby town in Osage County called the Mercantile. It's the Merc for short. It's a cafe. It's a bakery. She's She's just doing it all. She's just doing it all. She's doing it with style. She's doing it with humor. There is a reason that Reed Drummond is beloved by all. And I'm not terribly ashamed to tell you that I was just so determined to have her on the podcast that I I just chased her down like a hunter. (laughs) I'm just absolutely shameless. Uh, I just wanted not only to have her on the podcast, but I wanted her to be my friend. Um, And so somehow I I finagled her cell phone out of it, and now I'm determined to make her mine. Anyway, um, you're going to love this episode. She is so funny, and we laughed and laughed and laughed, and we talked about parenting, and we talked about food we hate, and we talked about Bravo, and it's all in here, you guys. So I'm so, so glad to to welcome you to this series. I'm so excited to bring you my amazing conversation with none other than Bree Drummond. Enjoy. So welcome to the show, Bree Drummond. Hi, <laughs> so fun. Jen. How are you? <laughs> I'm tickled. I just want to laugh. I need to laugh for just a minute that we're talking and it's so exciting and I just love you. Oh my so gosh. So let's just go ahead and get that out of the way. Well, I am just beaming and I'm so honored to be here. Thanks for having me. 
Oh my gosh. It's just so much fun. Um, I feel like I've just been your, your side friend for all this for so long, for so many years, um, first in writing and then on your shows. And I have obviously all your cookbooks. I've made everything, just everything. Um, my husband sings your praises at the city gate for the, for the like whiskey sauce that goes over steak. I'm glad you said, I'm glad you said sauce after that. (laughs) <laughs> whiskey would have been hard to explain but yeah I mean he would take your instruction on whiskey as well so if that if you have something to offer there we're here to hear it um anyway it's just great to have you on here so listen you did a recent episode on your show um this is my absolute favorite season and from what I can tell and I know about you and I know about your family I know about about what you guys love You and I look at fall basically the same way as our priorities go, football being number one. This is what we do. You just went to Bedlam, didn't you? We did. It was was bananas and bonkers and crazy. And uh, we don't go to many uh, college games at all except Bedlam just because it's it's sort of a tradition. But, yeah, basically fall in our house is – football we've got we've got high school football which my son now yeah. plays uh we've got uh my 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 younger son's football team then we watch college football yeah then we watch nfl yes. and all my the men in my life do fantasy football and they, i mean yes. they, they did they have multiple leagues same and then there's some ranching here and there you know to keep things uh, keep the operation just to pay going. the bills yeah. Yeah, no, nothing you just said sounds weird to me. Absolutely nothing. Um, And for those of you who don't know what Bedlam is, that's like the the annual classic game between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Um, And it's just, it's mayhem, really. It's just absolute mayhem. This year it was, Um, it was literally Bedlam. So it was, it kind of lived up to its name. And it was devastating because we're, we cheer for the Cowboys and they didn't, didn't make it happen, but there's always next year, which is the the fun of football. Oh, listen, you're talking to a Texas Longhorn fan. So there's always next year. That's been our eight-year mantra. (laughs) So I got a tattoo that says it. Well, we're we're rebuilding. There's always next year. I know. Um, it's, It's all about team building, guys. Just totally. Just, just hang on a little oh, longer. We say all kinds of garbage like that. Yes, it's like both wonderful and awful to be a football fan, but it's so fun. We watch all of our games. Like, what's your game watching situation when you're at home? Um, you know, there's food involved. Um, yeah, made by me usually. Yes, <laughs> of course. Of course, my plight. But yeah, it's it's um, and there are multiple games, so there are. There's a lot of um, hitting the previously viewed button on the remote to see, you know, we're, we're usually watching two games, games at once because um, we've got the, you know, we've got the Big 12, but then my husband went to Arizona State and I went to right. USC. So we've got the whole Pac-12 that he and I are both interested in. So, you know, basically when football season is over, I just, I just feel shattered. I just feel like, what, <laughs> what? What have we What have we been doing? And it's all over. You know, it's just why? why? It's all for naught. And we I'm do so it again. tickled. <laughs> we do it again. The well, next yeah. Year. I mean, of course. I mean, absolutely. We um we have season tickets to to Texas here in Austin, and you know, every year because of course in Austin we're south enough of you. You don't get this. You're up. You're up in cold weather. 
for right now in Austin in November, it is 90 degrees. So our football watching season is summer. It's like summer until the very last couple of games. And so I'll be sitting there at the game. Literally, we've sweat through our clothes, just straight through, <laughs> just like sweat dripping down our legs. It's hot. We're probably losing. And I'm just like, what? why are we doing this? And then we'll be there the next Saturday. It's Look, just, it's insanity. And I don't care. And listen, I love it. It, it, was, it was like 55, 60 at Bedlam and I was sweating, but I'm 48. So we, we, we can talk about that in another part of the podcast. But yes. and I don't know if you know that I have a daughter at Texas A&M. So I, do. Um, I experienced that area of Texas and the weather that it brings and the humidity. It is a it's force terrible. to be reckoned with for sure. But so much fun it's down terrible. there. Love it. Um, Alex is a, she's a sophomore right now, right? She's a junior, which uh, something has happened with the space time continuum. I'm not sure (laughs) how that happened, but my, my second daughter Paige is college shopping now. She's going next fall. So it's all flashing my eyes. I know I can't handle it. I want how are you doing with this? Like my oldest son is a year behind Alex. He's a sophomore at Texas Tech. And then my second daughter is also a senior in high school and we're shopping. Like this phase, this stage of parenting, how, how are you faring? Not well at all. It, I feel like I'm not either. I, when Alex left, first of all, it began in May and I, I didn't really want it to or expect it to, but, oh, actually, no, I, I take that back. It started in February before she graduated from high school and it, it started yeah. dawning on me that it was a series of lasts, you know. And it was just the most profound lump in my throat, Um, you know, and, and then she actually left and it was worse. (laughs) Terrible. They go. People would come up to me in town and say, how's Alex doing? And they'd be all smiley and, and, you know, positive. And my chin would start to quiver. (laughs) You know, in inappropriate places like the grocery store and, and things. Totally. So, um, but yeah, you know, and then, then people say things like the whole point of parenting is to raise oh. them to leave us. And Oh yeah. That makes me want to punch people. I know. Come on. That, let's not Stop kick it. a girl while she's down. So <laughs> I know. And we know that, but it feels disproportionately sad when they go. It's really strange. And did you experience this too? When we sent Gavin to college, then we were all weird back at home. Like, what do we do without him? Who's who, what do we do now? Who's in charge? Who's the oldest kid? And the other kids dynamic shifted a little bit. And he was sort of our anchor kid at the top. So the whole family felt a little bit rattled. Jen, my chin is quivering. Right? You're making me cry. But yeah, it is. We, Paige and I, um, we all took Alex down and the boys had to come back early for football. And so Paige and I kind of rolled in a couple days later and everyone was gone Everything in the house was off. I, I should have yeah. left. I should have called and said, "Please leave some TVs on or something." But Paige and I just walked in and sat on the couch, and she just oh my gosh. Seconds later, said, Mm-mm. "I miss Alex." <laughs> we both. Yeah, that's the worst thing I've ever heard. Awful. That's the worst story you've ever told. I know it's it's a tragedy. <sighs> it's a Greek tragedy in Oklahoma. But gosh, it's so fun to see them thrive and yeah. darn it. That, that adage rings true that, you know, you just you want to raise them to, to be independent enough to leave you and find their tribe. And so I'm happy that she has, but I would Was like she to. she studying at A&M? She is, she's studying uh, 
communication and sports management. So she wants to play nice. for, here we are with football again. She wants to play with, yeah. for a, or work for a sports team of some sort. So yeah, she's, she's just loving it. She really has found her, her spot in the world for now. That's fabulous. My son, um, we were, we were sort of between A&M and Texas Tech cause he went into agriculture. He's studying wildlife management. And when, when we took him to Texas Tech for a visit, we're in the department of agriculture, which I mean, listen, oh, yeah. I'm a words person, you know, like give me an English class. I don't know what's <laughs> going on. Um, even though my dad is a rancher too, we have a lot in common. We'll get to all that, but I'm sitting in this like ag building with this with this professor who kind of looks like he's just fallen off the back of the turnip truck, you know, to be honest. He's like <laughs> dirty boots, just the whole thing. But he has like two doctorates in uh, biology. Yeah. He's incredibly smart. And he's going on and on and on. And he's got this little device in his hand. And he's talking to me about how the students are, I'm not even sure, tracking quail migration or some such. <laughs> and he's going and Gavin's listening. Brandon, my husband's listening. And finally, I just kind of like right on this desk. I'm like, Doc, listen, I am thrilled that you know what you're talking about. The the, the quail are in good hands, but here's what I need you to tell me. Is my kid going to get a job? Like that is what I want to know. Is he going to move out and like support himself? Um, Is there a future in quail? Is I just that's all I will somebody hire him to talk about quail? Right. I don't know. I know um, I it's funny because when Alex decided to go to AM, you know, the, the assumption everywhere was that she was majoring in some kind of ag, uh, some kind of ag track, and of course, agriculture is the last thing she wanted to have anything to do with. She's like, I've majored in agriculture my whole life. <laughs> So she was, she was she done. Did. She's done with. She majored in unpaid agriculture. Vines and equines and all that. So <laughs> you just live on some land. Yeah, like, I, I don't I even know what it is. It's so true. Pasture somewhere. So yeah. it's not for lack of trying. You tried to go be a city girl. I did. That was, I, did. And I, I was. I feel like I had my little, yep. my little stint in civilization. And it actually is what allowed me to enjoy this crazy life I have now even more. So it really is. I mean, it really is, but it's so, it's, it's hard to imagine you in any other scenario in any other environment than, than ranch life. Although I do notice about you something that's really admirable and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like you have managed to live permanently in sort of farm country life and not have to do a lot of farm chores. It seems that way. You see what I did there? (laughs) I do. Like I see. I know. No, I, I am clever. I enjoy the kitchen a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just stay back here and make a burger guys. You guys, does anybody want anything to eat? Cause I'll, I'll stay here and make it for (laughs) you. Yeah. Crazy like a fox. My husband did not marry me for my, um, my agricultural skills. Yeah. skill set. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> nice. I have I've other I have other strengths. <laughs> um that's exactly right. My um my dad owns a cattle ranch in sort of the west part of Texas and um my boys just all love it. The ranch life, they're here for all of it. The cattle, the fences, the everything. And my mom and I just stay back and cook. Brandon will tell me sometimes, in fact, we have a ton of deer blinds on the ranch and he'll say, why don't you come out and sit with me 
in the blind. And I'm just like, are you new here? You know, like, does that seem <laughs> yeah, like something I'm going to do? <laughs> like, I don't understand who you think you're asking to go sit in a deer blind with you, but I'll see you at breakfast. Well, I think um, part of part of what makes a person content in life is, is understanding and embracing what the things that make them content and sitting in a deer blind, you know, you, you have to preserve your resources and your, again, your contentment. So it's, 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 it means you're a strong person, Jen, <laughs> that you're, that, that, I, that you I won't. like the spin. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, I, I grew up doing ballet. I, I don't want to make my sound like myself sound like a priss because I wouldn't have, I wouldn't say I was a priss, but I grew up doing ballet. I grew up watching Gilligan's Island. I, I yeah. and I'm a fair skinned redhead, so I'm just not what yeah. you would call the outdoorsy type. So um, <laughs> right. I, I can, you know, I, I, I feel like the kitchen is where I is where I where I'm at. The kitchen is where you thrive. Let's talk about some of the stuff that you're doing right now. You've got a lot of really cool things going on right now. Just, it feels like a lot. Um, I'm sure you have like this fabulous team helping you like spin all the plates. Um, let's talk about the Merc first because it's just amazing. Is it as fun as it seems? Oh gosh, the Merc has been, it, you know, it's been such an amazing experience. Um, lots of, lots of learning curve involved. Um, it has been wonderful, I will say. A year in, I can sort of look back and say that I'm glad we did it. I, it it feels really good to be open a year instead of be open three months. And, you know, for a while there, it was a little bit dicey just trying to uh-huh. work out all the kinks and, you know, figure out all the, just the whole pro everything, every process had to be figured out for the first time, you know. So oh, yes. Well, in. to say nothing of the whole restoration project, which was just a beast. Yeah, the restoration. And then it wasn't enough. The restoration wasn't enough. We decided to add a store. And the store wasn't enough. And we decided to add a restaurant right. and a bakery and coffee, <laughs> a coffee operation. Right. So, uh, yeah, I, it was slightly challenging, but mm-hmm. so rewarding. And, and it's really fun to me to just hear from people who have come and spent not just a day, but a couple days. And then I was just in Dallas and Houston for book signings last week. And some people were there in their Merck shirts and they, they had already come up and were planning a second trip. So it's just, um, it's just great to have a place that has taken on, you know, this identity of, of, uh, and it's kind of apart from me because I, obviously I'm not there all the time. It can't be. And people aren't really going there to see me. They're just going to experience, um, the Merc. And I'm, I'm really excited about that. It's as darling as darling could be. Honestly, what are, what do all the neighbors of the Merc think? Cause this is, this is a little town. I mean, it's not exactly a tourist destination until now. So are they are they loving it? Do they like this influx of all these people coming? Or is it overwhelming? Or both? Probably a little bit of both. I, I You know, most everyone, of course, is excited. And we've got some really cool people in Pahuska. So, you know, there were some people yeah. that were already getting some things going. So it was kind of the right time. And, and everything was kind of in the right place for this to happen. Um, you know, there's... There are challenges, of course, when when you have a sleepy little town and and lots of visitors come. But, I mean, for the most part, it's been really smooth. Um, Just, 
I just smile when I think about it. I mean, now that's not to say that we don't, it's just like ranching. You know, I, I look at yeah. ranch life. I, well, I look at life through rose colored glasses, but I, but I also feel that way about most aspects of my life. But ranching, of course, it's easy for me to see it through rose colored glasses. Cause I'm not out there in 10 degree weather exactly. riding a horse. <laughs> you know, I can it's so hard. Watch the horse it's such hard work. Yeah, gosh, it's hard. But with, you know, any, any business, restaurant, bakery, that sort of thing, it's definitely challenging. And, and you hit some bumps yeah. and think, what, what hath we wrought here? But totally. But right now it just feels really, really good. It feels like we've. I love that. Yeah. How about your magazine? This is, I mean, you're just, it feels like it's launch season for you. You've got this, <laughs> the magazine just seems, it's, it's, it's amazing. I love it. Oh, thank you. I absolutely love it. Do you like doing this? I do. You know, I started out as a blogger, um, and I yep. feel like the magazine is probably the most uh, most direct parallel to the blog in terms mm-hmm. of just the varied content and not, you know, you just turn a page and it's something different. And that's really yeah. how my blog was in the early days where I just, you know, every day I would, I would do something that wasn't the same as the day before. So it, it reminds me of my blog in many ways. And the, the great thing is, is that um, the publisher, Hearst, has such a great team that's doing my magazine. So I sort of have a thought and an idea, and then they send it to me two days later, and it's like photographed that's, and done. And <laughs> so it's, it's that's amazing. I know. It's, I wish they could run my whole life. <laughs> I know. I, I thought if only I could just apply this, just pull this trigger in every aspect of my life. But yeah, it's it's really yes. fun. I've, I've enjoyed the magazine a lot. It's fun to dip in and have like a lot of things that we care about and a lot of different things that we talk about. Um, this We're going to put a pin in this because we're going to come back to the other things that you're working on right now, like your, especially your new cookbook. But um, you were saying that you really loved it because it felt like the blog. This reminds me of what I know about you, which is that you've said that you're introverted. Um, and I am too. I'm like card-carrying textbook introvert. Um, when I take the test, I'm all the way off the charts. And it's funny because we both have really public jobs where we have to interact with a lot of people and speak in front of a lot of cameras and all mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. So, I mean, you were just on the cover of People. Well done. You look so cute, too. Oh, you looked you're amazing. so nice. I, I, I was... How do, you, how do you do this? Like, what... How do you handle, like, your introversion and what's hard? What, 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 would, you, what would you say is the hardest thing that you do related to that? That's such a great question. And, you know, it's funny because I would not have described myself as an introvert um, 20 years ago. I mean, I, I, yeah. I have never been a shy person, but I think when I say I'm introverted, I, I need, I mean that I need time uh, with myself and, and in exactly. quiet and away from things. And, uh, you know, I actually, I actually recharge that way. And and that's why I'm able to have so much fun when I go to book signings and, and uh, go to the Merck to meet visitors. I truly enjoy that. And I think it's because I'm so protective of the, the time at home and, um, probably too protective sometimes, but I, I, I look Mm -hmm. at it as this 
I, I nickel and dime my time, my, my free time. And I'm like, oh, I can't, no, I, I can't be there. You know, I, can't, I, I couldn't do it one day early. You know, that's, that's the day I have set aside to oh, yeah. plug in and recharge. And so I've, I've gotten really protective of that because I see a definite link um, when I don't have yeah. enough of that, you know, that I start to unravel. <laughs> Same. Yeah. So, you know, I th- and I think that's, that's a lesson that women have to learn more, you know, probably more so than dudes, just uh-huh. because we are so many things to so many people. And that's right. We don't really get to check out very often. So, you know, uh-huh. when we do, we have to learn to protect that time. I think we're also a little bit, ex- I think we're expected to be more accommodating than men are, mm-hmm. um, just by nature that, um, well, you, you'll want to be a part of this and, and you'll, you'll make amends and you'll stretch your time away because you're nice and you're friendly and you're accessible. And where, you know, I'm not sure that the same sort of expectations are put on men. And like, when I think about somebody like you, cause you have, I mean, you're, I mean, you, you're built, you have an empire for crying out loud. Oh, geez. Um, you do. Where is it? And I'm looking. The th- I'm looking. <laughs> <laughs> I see three But people would take of like you. Covered in manure right now, and they're just dying to come in. But, oh, yeah. but anyway. Yeah, it's not necessarily a glamorous empire. Okay, yeah, but, let's qualify it. But people would, uh, if you would give it away, they would take uh, seven days a week of your time. So, I, you know, that's one thing I'm too learning. The older I get is that... I'm the buck stops here. If I need to protect time at home, if I need to make sure that I have recharge time, the onus is absolutely on me to carve it out or nobody else will do it. Yeah. Um, and I, I, one thing I do is I'm very, uh, very careful not to get resentful of it because I never, mm-hmm. and that's one thing I do at my book signings is, you know, if there's a long line or it takes several hours, you know, I don't look at it as this cumulative uh, group of people. I look at each person as an individual with their own, you know, they're having that experience for the first time. Um, so, and I, I look at that with the requests that tend that can pile up, you know, it's, I don't get mm-hmm. irritated about it, but, but on the other hand, it doesn't mean I have to say yes. And in fact, I just told my, one of my three bridesmaids I had, one of my best friends mm-hmm. of all time, she's been wanting me to go to Washington to speak at a literary function. And, you know, it's been sort of a several month thing where I say, well, I don't know if I can or not. Right. <laughs> and this yes. morning I was like, yes. I, I texted her. I was like, you know what? I gosh darn can't do that. You know, there's, I just can't do yeah, it. And she's, yep. she started cracking up, but she's like, I totally understand. <laughs> you know, and I, I had constructed it to be this huge deal that she really, that wanted me to do. And she was like, okay, fine whatever, you know, totally. So that's my experience too. I've said that before that we have this real sense of duty a lot of times. And yet I started implementing some pretty clear boundaries in my life, probably three years ago when I realized that my little family was on the struggle bus, Mm -hmm. um, with my pace, with my work schedule and with my travel schedule. Um, cause you know, they're the kind of the first to go. Um, cause I'll just bottle up all my exhaustion and bring it home and unleash it on these poor souls. Um, and so I started learning how to do boundaries and, um, shockingly nobody dies. Nobody dies. And they're actually nice about it. Nobody they're dies. They're like, oh, great. No problem. Yeah, you have more of yourself to give and all those, all those little sayings, but it's so true. I mean, it's, and, yep. and it is true that I, 
I do feel that the girlness a lot where I think, oh, I'm, I'm kind of, it wouldn't be nice if I didn't do that. And they're expecting uh-huh. me to be nice and do that. But but it's you can still be nice and say no. That's what I've learned. Absolutely. I somebody gave me a phrase to use a few years ago and I have employed it like more times than I can count, which is just um you know, I love this thing that you're doing. Your thing is worthy and it's amazing and I love your work, but at this point any additional yes that I give anywhere else is going to end up being a no to my family. So true. And I cannot tell you how Jenner, people are so gracious with that. They don't, they're not looking to sabotage our families. So, well, and the flip side of that, I, that's so funny that you said that because what I learned is that when I say no to something, I'm actually saying yes to something else. Um, mm, so it's that's kind good. of a flip of what you said, but it means the same thing. But it's really true. Yes, and when, exactly. when you have, I don't know if you've learned this, but when I, when I had babies, I thought I was busy and <laughs> I thought it was crazy yeah. and it was, I guess, but teenagers, I know, man, forget about it. And they're harder to leave for some reason. It's, <laughs> it's harder for me to leave my teenagers. It's so funny. My girlfriends and I talk about this all the time. Um, I stayed home with the kids almost all on a full-time basis when they were littles and I'm glad I wouldn't trade any of that, but I can see now how my my presence and time at home now, I, four out of my five kids are teenagers, mm-hmm. is even more important now than it ever was when they were three. Crucial. Um, Crucial. And you never know when they're just going to like open the lid on conversation and spill something. It comes at weird times. And so I'm always glad that I just happen to be there in their orbit when they feel like <laughs> when it, finally talking when it about that to thing. Pour out. Yeah. 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 Do you, um, do you see like, do do you see a a big difference in the way that you're parenting the girls versus the boys? Yes. Well, yes. And you know, it's my husband is so funny. My answers are so long winded. I'm so sorry, but I love them. I guess I just, you got the mic girl. I guess I just needed to talk today. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> um, so I just really need to talk to someone. You That's came right. along just in time. Podcast to the rescue. Yes. So I'm actually flashing back to 1997. Don't don't worry. I'm not going to just go forward from there. But when we had Alex, my first, we didn't know what we were having, and we didn't with all four. Mm-hmm. But we just it never occurred to my husband that we weren't having a baby boy. <laughs> So oh, well, obviously. He grew up with two brothers and, and just yep. just no no girls anywhere. And right. so when Alex was born, you know, we had the, uh, you know, the smiles and all that. And then he, he kind of slipped out to call his mom, who wasn't in town at the time. And she told me that he, he said, uh, what do you do with mm-hmm. girls? <laughs> Bless like him. he truly in the was, hospital. He was stumped. Yeah, to, oh, 15 minutes after she was born, saying, "What do you do with girls, mom?" I don't. Oh. And she said the same thing you do with boys. So, it, from an agricultural yeah. standpoint, um, yeah, have, there hasn't been much distinction between girl boy. But parenting yeah. on my end, oh man, the the girls, I, I've got their number. I'm on totally. their case. I don't trust their first boyfriends. I don't trust <laughs> right. them with their first boyfriends. Yeah, totally. You know, I, I say things to them like, you know, my job as a parent is to save you from yeah. yourself. 
<laughs> I've said the exact sentence. Yeah. So, so yeah, and I'm on their case, and you know, Lad has to tell me um, to lighten up from time to time, and and uh-huh. he's on the boys' case in the exact same way. So it's really fun. Got it. You know, there's got to be some some um, biological reason for that, but I'm 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 going to be glad when I can sort of. <laughs> relax for a while and let I know it is interesting I don't know if it's the son mom thing but that's exactly how we are in my family I'm the boys just have a way of I think they've just got my number and they're playing it hard and it's working so Brandon will catch me all the time with the boys being like you know what it's okay (laughs) you know I think that's fine. And he'll just catch my eye like, you sucker. Oh, yeah. You're such a sucker. Alex was, when she, before she went to college, I, you know, she, and they're good girls. They're, they're, they're just great. Yes. But I, but I got their number. And so Alex was home uh-huh. and I, you know, I was really being stern with her about something. And, you know, you, you don't, you will understand this someday, blah, blah. And yes. then Bryce, who was probably, oh, I don't know. 12, 11 at the time, walked in and my head whipped around. I go, hi, Brycey. <laughs> <laughs> it's classic. And my, my, my whole countenance just completely changed. And uh, Alex was like, that is really annoying. <laughs> it's, it is. But, yeah. but you know what? We're hopeless. Like resistance is futile. It is. These boys. They're so. The upside for you probably is um, since Alex is the one at college and she's a girl, she probably calls you more. Like I am in full despair at how much my son does not call me. Oh, I know. It's devastating. I, know. I hear that. That's pretty universal. Um, exactly. Yeah. Alex does, you know, she's pretty, she's actually pretty independent out there. I mean, she'll call. The thing is, is when Alex calls me, I have to make sure I can talk before I answer <laughs> because she, oh, she doesn't call not, me every day, yes. but when she calls, she's ready to, you know, go through uh-huh. each class and which I love, but you, you know, there's yes. not a lot of quick, Hey mom, come in. <laughs> <laughs> my girls have been like that since they were little. So, oh. you know, they'd be coming home from kindergarten and I would just get the full rundown of who had what for lunch and what was in everybody's backpacks. And I would take sometimes all my power not to do the like speed it up motion with my finger. <laughs> it was just like, you know what I mean? I would have to just put my mind somewhere else and let it just daydream. First while I the got the red litany. crayon and I drew an apple. <laughs> then I got Jesus the Christ. yellow crayon and I drew the sun. <laughs> oh my gosh. Fix it, Jesus. Oh, it just yeah. would never end. Yeah. Hey everyone, it's Jen. I'm going to interrupt the show real quick just to let you know that my ride or die friend Nicole Nordeman and I are hitting the road again in 2018 on the Moxie Matters Tour. We cannot be more excited. The fall tour was just beyond so exciting and so wonderful, and we are thrilled to get to bring some spring dates to you in 2018. So absolutely grab your girlfriends, your daughters, your moms, your neighbors, and come be reminded that every part of your journey matters and leads to this bigger, more beautiful story. Hey, this is the perfect holiday gift. Send this to your person and say, hint, hint, this is what I want. You can get tickets at moxiematterstour.com. We cannot wait to see you. So again, visit moxymatterstour.com today to get your tickets. Let's talk about your your new book. It's I mean, you're so I just feel like you're you're getting better and better and better. Just 
everything you're doing, everything you're touching right now, it just feels like it's turning to gold. I mean it. No, I'm, I'm dead serious. And I have everything you've ever written. So that's like, uh, that's from, that's field research right there. Um, so this is the new cookbook. It's the pioneer woman cooks. Come and get it. Awesome. You titled it, right? I did. I did. So well, excellent. actually, I, I, I didn't it? know what to call it. And I did a little bit of a um, crowdsourcing thing on my blog. I just said, I have no idea yeah. what to call this cook- cookbook. What should I call it? So actually that I poured through the responses and thought I was going in one direction and wound up kind of seeing that. And that's what triggered the, the title. And it worked. It's perfect. It's perfect. And so you're, you say these are like s- simple, scrumptious recipes for crazy, busy lives. You just described everybody that I know, um, every single one of us in this stage. And so did you, are you, is this still fun for you? Is it still like a fun adventure and task and um, puzzle to work out a whole new cookbook? It is. I, I will say I really enjoy doing cookbooks. Now, mm-hmm. That does not mean that I meet my deadlines doing cookbooks. Oh, <laughs> Those are two. Mm, you can some. still enjoy something. And I'm a little bit, <laughs> I, I'm sort of, I'm going to say this out loud because maybe then I can okay. get better. But I look at deadlines as sort of suggestions. <laughs> sure. I'm, I do too. And I hate that about myself, but it's, it's just really true. And so what happened was this cookbook was due December. And okay. I really underestimated the imprint the Merck would make, opening the Merck would would make Mm -hmm. on my life and my schedule. And I had not started the cookbook in December. I mean, it was due. And okay. So not like I had two more recipes to work out or not like I I had it planned, but not photographed or no, it just, I, I had nothing. And so it, one thing I did this cookbook. So I've always taken all my photos, um, for my cookbooks. And you can see the evolution of my food photography skills. If you look back at my first cookbook, (laughs) there are a few questionable um, pieces of raw (laughs) chicken in that book that I'd like to (laughs) strike from the record. But, but anyway, so um, I have a crew that shoots my show and they come over from London, um, ironically. And so the, one of the cameramen in the kitchen named Matt, who's also married to my director, but that's another story for another time. Interesting. Is also a still photographer. And I was lamenting, you know, I have not started my cookbook. What am I going right. to do? And so he, he suggested that he sh- help me shoot it. And so um, he probably shot half the pictures and it, okay. it wound up being really fun because in all my prior cookbooks, you could only see one of my hands because my other hand had the camera. <laughs> totally. And so this is the first cookbook where I'm cooking with both hands. It's kind of fun. <laughs> okay. That's hysterical. That makes you want to go back and look at all to, to, to see what you're talking yeah, about. You of want, course that's true. One, two of Ree's hands in any one picture in any cookbook before this one. So, well, this is pretty impressive then. Like if you didn't start it into until December or even January, I mean, that's all you did there for a couple of months. Yes. Yeah, so that's, yeah. And that's how I, I guess I must thrive a little bit on pressure and, and uh-huh. I, although I, you know, I want to avoid it because it's, you know, I don't, I don't like that feeling, but I must not hate it that much because I keep working right. myself into these situations. But, but yeah, that, you know, starting about February, that was, it was a big chunk of, 
and it was always there. Even when I wasn't working on it, I was like, oh, you're a loser. You need to go work on your cookbook. <laughs> so, but boy, once it, once it was to the printer, I was like, you got to fight for your right <laughs> to pawn. <laughs> I was jumping around the house. And, and then I had a list a mile long that, you know, was suffering because of everything you triage exactly for those two months. <laughs> yes, exactly. I, nobody understands this more than another writer. I mean, uh-huh. the yeah. amount, the euphoria when you send a book in is, it is just unmatched. Those are the days I love everybody the very most. I love life. I love this world. And I you, love you all actually, the people in it. You think, what projects can I take on now? <laughs> and <laughs> then a year later, you're like, why did I do that? <laughs> Crazy. Um, Um, So you're on tour with it right now. How is that going? You're kind of everywhere right now. You're. Are you home right now? Are we? Am I talking to you at your house? I'm home. Yep, I'm home. Okay. Um, Okay. I. So I had a busy first week, and that's kind of what I usually do. And then what I've done Mm -hmm. is stretched the tour over four weeks, and each week I do two stops back to back. So I'm basically home for five days and gone for two days each week. And that just, oh, I like that. Yeah, it works so much better with, with again, the teenage life that I'm in. Yep. And uh, mm-hmm. then I can really rest up and recharge and then go out for 48 hours of, of nutso pace. It is. Yeah. It's nutso. Where have you been so far? I started in New York and mm-hmm. went to Nashville, Cincinnati, came home. And then I went yep. to Dallas, Houston last week and came home. And then I'm getting ready to do Wichita and Omaha. And then the next week, uh, Seattle and L.A. And then I'll have yep. one more big honking week at the end. But it's it's a good do pace. You, it, and it's fun, too. It's That's not the stuff that is normal. It's all kind of out of the normal and out of the ordinary. And it's if you can, if you can think of it like an adventure, it seems fun. Do you travel with anybody? I have usually traveled by myself. Uh, when when my kids were younger, we did a few stops here and there where they'd all come, and then I t- I'd take my daughters here and there. Um, this time, I actually took my four um, closest childhood friends with me to New York. Yeah. Um, Lad had to stay here because of football and the boys and yeah. everything. So, And it was fun. We went to – they knew I was busy, so they kind of – Oh, and one other thing I do is I always am by myself in a hotel room. <laughs> so I yes, sister. I'm not a hotel preach. room sharer, not even with my sister. I'll share a room with my husband, I guess. But yes, I guess. But yeah, so they were off in their room, and I had my room, and so I would kind of go over and have fun when I when I had the stamina to do so. <laughs> it, it's tiring. Like the only thing to me um, that incites thrill and joy and dancing in the streets more than turning a book in is when launch season is over. That to me is the absolute most exhausting part of any of it. Um, this time I crashed and burned so hard. Um, and I told my husband and I meant it that I was like, that's it. I'm never, that's my last book. I don't know anything else. Like I've said everything I've ever known. I, I don't even know how I filled 12 books. I have no idea. And, and I'm finished and I'm going to get a new job and I might just be a florist. And I just, (laughs) we need to like reinvent our lives. (laughs) I'm just so tired. You and I have, we were cut from the same cloth. I like to make declarations like that too. You know, I am never fly. I'm not flying anywhere for one year. Totally. Never. Yeah, I do all this. I'm heavy on the melodrama. 
um, sweeping statements. Big sweeping statements, um, yeah. Huge. And I'm going to close like, my oh, calendar yeah, I for two. I have, to, I have to go to Denver in a week, but. Other than that, right. I'm not flying anywhere for a year. But after Denver, <laughs> I'm telling you've you seen what. the last of me on an airplane. That's I know. I've often thought that you and I could, we could very probably effectively sister wife because we are similar and we like the same kinds of food. Like, I, it, you just give it to me. Anything mayonnaise based, mm. cheese based, butter, rich, dairy. It's the fat. All of it. It's the fat. I've been reading it's about the this keto thing. Uh-huh. And I'm not big on diets um, for obvious reasons because I, I like to eat. <laughs> I'm just yeah. not big on diets. But I was reading about the keto diet and it, it was saying, it said high fat. I was like, sign me up. <laughs> I'm, right. I'm, I don't even need to read how to do it. I already know how to do that. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. I'm like naturally gifted at that. That's just so, it's in my skill set to eat a high fat diet. It's my love language. Um, ex- Except the the one place that you and I differ, and it's always embarrassing to say this because it feels like a confession, but I'm not a big dessert person. Mm. Um, and so I, I don't think that could, that would necessarily be the ruination of our sort of like living arrangements. If we were together, it would just mean more for you. Um, but I would rather have like some more chips for dessert or some French fries. I have a sister or, like you. Yeah. Yeah. I know like, how to navigate just, your type. For sure. Yeah. And you're right. I do. There's more for me. Yeah. And it's not terrible. It's not the end. I, I don't know if you know this, but I have, I hate bananas. I won't eat a banana. Uh-huh. I have a restaurant mm. and bakery. Not a banana crosses the door. I mean, there's okay. not a banana recipe in the restaurant. It's your place. So you, you, you can, get to do what you want. You can have all my bananas and I'll take all okay, your desserts. I'm a big I'm a big banana fan. Okay. So this is gonna that's the the it's all been balanced and that feels good. Although I will tell you, I think it was maybe from your maybe your first cookbook, I don't remember, but you had kind of the four ingredient um cobbler. I I've made it yeah, twenty dozen times. Self rising flour and yes. yeah, it's that is amazing. I never get it's tired no fail. of it. Yeah, and it's not very sweet. It's not super, super sweet. And it's just literally whatever fruit I have goes in it. And it's it's weirdly good to be that easy. It it's, is. It feels like cheating. It is. Well, I just sometimes you just don't feel like cutting together flour and butter. I'm getting really right. tired of that exercise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm looking for shortcuts that allow me not to cut flour and butter together because I just feel like... See? I feel like I've done it a lot and I need a break from like that. Like a million times you have. Just a million times. I feel like every time I watch you cook, that step is involved in something that you're cooking on every single show. Yeah. I'm, Are you still enjoying the show, by the way? Is this still fun? They come to you. And to me, that's maybe the very best thing that you set this gig up with. I like, Yes. And actually, that's the only reason I can do the, the show or, or even try uh-huh. it to begin with. Because I there's no way I could leave town and go to a studio for weeks at a time. Um, yeah, I mean, I do, I will say it's the hardest thing I do from a time and commitment perspective. It's, it's the hardest thing to wrangle, but of course I, you know, it's one of those, it's like labor. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. you, it's hard and it takes a lot of planning and a lot of preparation, but then when it's over, you have seven or eight shows, you know, and, and how do you do it? How do you set your your schedule up. Do you, do you film several days in a row or more than one episode in a day? How do you make that work? We, it takes a day. It takes 
2 <laughs> I've worked this out. <laughs> takes uh-huh. 1.29 days to film an episode these days. Okay. So when it, what you know there's right. some shows that can whip out two episodes a day and gosh, I can't imagine um, how much how much, you know, how many shows I would get done if I could do that, but just the nature of the production of the show and the ranching that's involved, it just winds up taking that long. So, I, I mean, I when I first started, it's like everything else. You have to learn that, oh, I, I can sort of say when I can shoot and when I can't. And I used to shoot six days a week for about three weeks. And then I realized I, I can't do six days in a row because the hard part of the oh. show, I think, is that it's here, so I am here on the ranch, but I'm not here. You're not present. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm not You're available unavailable. all the time. So, in a way, it might be easier to to go shoot it in a studio, and then at least you know I, everybody knows I'm gone. <laughs> now it's. Do you have a million outtakes of some kid coming in the door? Oh, you mean just uh, in the middle of recording? Oh gosh, the outtake. There, there needs to be an entire season of outtakes. Just, <laughs> yeah, I if not just the agricultural outtakes alone, <laughs> we won't go into any detail there. But um, that's fun. So let's ask this because you and I both also love a little bit of TV and movies and books and all that. That's that's my like absolute escape from life. So I'm rubbing my hands. Um, what together are you going? Oh goody! Yeah, let's talk about what you're reading. Let's talk about what you're watching. What are your shows? What are you like obsessed with? What just let's go there. I'm trying to remember, Jen. Are you are you a Bravo person? Absolutely. Okay, I thought, I mean, I thought so. I thought so. I just I have to for it. I have to guard my heart and I just needed to know like <laughs> if we were on the same page there. Um, okay, so let's start with I want to try to make myself sound smart first. So Okay. I have the Alexander Hamilton biography by Rod Chernow. Oh, fancy. It's about 760 some pages and I'm on oh page gosh. nine and I've been <laughs> on page nine for about three weeks. <laughs> so I love having it on my bedside table. Because <laughs> That's awesome. Smart. But there, there ain't no way I'm going to read this book, but it's so good. That's daunting. Okay, but you know what? It looks pretty right there on your nightstand. And I saw Hamilton. And so it, it Hamilton, oh, yeah. honestly, I hate to be cliche and I hate to just uh-huh. be a follower, but that, it has completely altered the the, the course of my life. Yes, um, and that's I, the consensus. Have you seen it or have you, are you, have you no, listened? No, I haven't. Yes, and Brandon, my husband, has promised to take me this year. Tickets are actually kind of hard to get. Um, and so our, our plan is for sure to see that thing. And everybody says it's a revelation. It's a revelation. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about it until I saw it, before I saw it, which I would recommend. Don't feel like you have to prepare and, you know, read mm-hmm. this 700-page biography. But what's cool is that the guy who wrote the musical was inspired by this biography that I have on my bedside table, uh collecting dust. And so now people are- I follow him on Twitter. Do you follow him? He's so interesting. I do. He isn't. He's so passionate and you can Uh see that in in the musical. But what's cool is that people are seeing the musical and then going and buying the biography. Whether they're reading it or not, I can't speak to. That's neither here nor there. Right. That's not important. So, okay, so that's what I'm reading. That's the only thing I'm reading okay. except uh, Psalms. I'm, I'm all into Psalms. I've just... Okay, nice. Those day. work all the time. 
every time those are going to work. Lad will be like, you realize there are other parts of the Bible, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, I know. I'm, I'm here. Where, I'm where I need to be right now. You're just not necessarily in a Leviticus season. No, I'm so not. I'm not. I'm waiting. Just for let it be the Psalms. Yeah. I'm, I, Psalms is just so, well, that's a whole other podcast, but. Yes. So I'm watching Real Housewives of Everywhere. <laughs> What's your favorite? I, I don't, I can't. I just. It's hard to pick. Yeah. What about you? It's the most fun, delightful train wreck. You know, it's just too fun. You can't hardly tear your eyes away from it. It's all absurd. And I'm just here for it. I don't know what my favorite is. I'm all in. And I'm, you know, I, even the. Even the unlikable housewives are my best friends. I, even the unlikable ones I like. Just because I'm so connected and we spend so much time together. <laughs> you can't spend that much time with a person and not feel a kinship. This is really sick. But I do try, oh, it's so great. I try to kind of analyze why. You know, this is, I've been watching yes. it since OC premiered. You know, I don't know what year. Oh, you're an early adopter. I am an early adopter. Yes. <laughs> a proud one. And I, you know, I watch them, even <laughs> if I've seen them, I watch them again. And, uh-huh. and when I say I watch them, I'm not just sitting there all the time. I, I am working too, but it's like an IV in my arm. So it's so fun, especially when you get a good, solid, like temper tantrum. It's so rewarding. Like my time on this show is being rewarded that I'm getting this person's hissy fit on television. So you love the housewives, of course, as any like discerning TV watcher does. Mm -hmm. Um, What else do you like? What else are you watching? (sighs) Let's see. Southern Are you into the Stranger (laughs) Things? Like, did you catch that? It feels like everybody in my life is watching Stranger Things except for me. So Lad and I watched it. We binge watched it on Netflix last uh, spring. I have not okay. watched the second one. I did like it. I did like it. I we watched the big TV event for me was a Netflix event, and we we did watch Breaking Bad, uh, Lad and me, and it it sort of crawled into my soul a little bit there for a while. Um, uh-huh. I liked it a lot. We're I'm into The Walking Dead now, so. Just wholesome entertainment, basically, for the family (laughs) is what I'm into. Just something to cuddle down in your bed with at night. Yeah. Yeah. Walking Dead and Breaking Bad and Real Housewives (laughs) and Sesame Street. (laughs) Um, I know. Brandon likes all this. Breaking Bad. um, Like, the heavier and the darker they are, the more he's here for it. Um, Sons of Anarchy Mm -hmm. and Game of Thrones. and. My, like, my reach of choice is either absurd, like the housewives, or it is funny. Comedy is my favorite thing. And so we sometimes have to divide and conquer our nighttime TV watching. Um, I love, like, 30 Rock and uh, all of those just hilariously written sitcoms. That's my favorite thing. Yeah, see, I have completely wasted my life because I haven't watched 30 Rock Will and Grace. I mean, all oh, of the, no. all of the classic shows. I've just been watching Real Housewives while while they're on. <laughs> so <laughs> I basically, yeah, I I, I um, yes. I've missed out on a lot. But there's always Netflix for those things. Yes, there is. It's not too late for you. 
all of those are on Netflix. And I think I've watched the whole 30 Rock season probably three times through. Yeah, all and the office, Tina Fey is the, my queen. The Office is a big one that I haven't seen that everybody has seen but me. So it's true. I, I okay, you know what? It's to go away for just a few weeks and let me write with myself. <laughs> Well, the next time you make like a, a just a ridiculous declaration like I do, like that's it, I'm I'm not going to do any of my work for a year and I'm just going to I'm going to live off the grid, like that can be your time to catch up on all the shows you've missed. Um you can just binge them back to back to back. Um so okay. You know what? I just what? I just thought of something. We should create, Did you? we should create a Twitter account called Reengine's Declarations. <laughs> it would be so- <laughs> every day we'll just alternate. <laughs> <laughs> it would just be like, welcome to our brains. And this is, this is the chaos we live in. There will yes. be a pattern where we make a declaration and then a couple of days later we say, okay, never mind. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you, this, my experience with this is, um, I have two agents, um, my literary agents and they know this about me and about, I'm going to say once every four months, I send my declarations to them and I mean it. I'm like, that's it. I, you know what? I, I don't want to do this anymore. And thanks for working with me all these years. And I want you to see if you can get me out of my next contract. And they just know wisely to just pretend as if I didn't even speak. Um, and that likely the next day I'll come back in and be like, you guys, I feel better today. <laughs> like, it's happened numerous times. And so I'm sure that the, they've archived it all. And so I could put that onto our Twitter account. That could I actually, could cut and pay. But that could be the next book too. <laughs> so hopefully they have been archiving it and journaling it. <laughs> I have no doubt this is like a major talking point in their meetings. Like, <laughs> like Jen oh, meltdowns. Okay, okay. Like we got another one, you guys. Um, <laughs> he's threatened to like not write her next book on her contract. Um, so I just do feel like this is something that people have to deal with on a regular basis with me. Um, okay. So I know that you hate bananas. So one question, is there, is there anything else that you like, don't like to cook that you hate or that your people like you to cook, but you don't like it? Uh, Buffalo wings high on the list. You don't like to eat them? I don't like to cook them. I don't. Because they're gross? No, they, it, first of all, it takes so many rounds of wings to accumulate enough to actually put them on a platter and serve them. So basically yes. I'm just, I'm just frying chicken for hours, you know, weeks. Uh-huh. <laughs> it seems. Right. And to me, the smell of fried chicken or the smell of frying chicken permeates like nothing else. And I actually yes. think it was a pregnancy thing for me. I think a, a, an imprint was made uh, when I was going through my food aversions with my first pregnancy. Um, and the smell of it, it just takes me to a dark place. So wings, okay. yes. I, I like them okay. I, if I never ate one the rest of my life, I wouldn't miss it. So probably wings. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. What do you love that they don't love? What do you have to, what don't you get to cook? Like, for example, my, f- my favorite food is curry and Brandon does not like any kind of curry. And it just feels like, how are we going to make it? Yeah, you know, same. how is this marriage going to survive? You know, the curry and sushi are, are my two. And it's, it's for that reason that, you know, when I do travel to a city, that's my reward for being away from home. And I know that I'm just, I stayed in a, in a hotel in, um, New York that 
is on the nice side of hotels. I would say I'm not going to name any names, but I and I ordered Grubhub. I got eighty dollars worth of Asian food. <laughs> 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 all, all the menu had were like club sandwiches and oh. you know, chicken, chicken um, mustard, mustard. I don't know, but I, it was nothing that I wanted. So I got, oh. I got curry and this place had everything. And I then can't quit laughing. I saw the ticket. It was like $86. <laughs> I was like, it's sure a good thing nobody's going to know about this. But of course, I just told them. That's so amazing. (laughs) It's just so much. That is so funny. (laughs) I would absolutely do that. Of course, they had to escort the man up to my room because the elevators have key cards, you know. So they had to bring the the man in the hotel had a puzzled look on his face. (laughs) Like, where are the other people to eat this amount of food? (laughs) Well, where where are are they? when you can have the, the room service menu, but Grubhub's a nice thing. Oh, I know it. Of course, that's not anything you ever get out in the country. And I'm in Austin, which is a big city, but we're in kind of a suburb of it called Buda, and we're the last to get everything cool too. Trash service is something I'll never have. Oh, so we have right. to deal with trash. Um, and DSL, you know. Oh, but other than hard. that, other than that, it's, I live a very fulfilling life out here in the sticks. <laughs> Absolutely. But big families are trash generators, so that's no joke. I no, mean, that's a thing. It's not funny. It's it's not funny sometimes, but but you Did learn you compost? to compost. Oh, I did for a while, but you know, then I get over ambitious with my garden and there's never enough compost. Right. So, you know, I, I spend all this work all this time composting and then it's it's gone on an eighth of my garden and okay so yeah yes that's one of those fleeting fancies (laughs) for me me too I composted for a couple of years and I have a little garden and then I was like this is hard and also so was the garden or what I could do is go to the grocery store and get the cilantro for 29 cents so it died kind of a, a sad death in my backyard I don't know if you're familiar with the old book by Florence Litauer, but it's called Personality Plus. And it was, it, it it delved into the four personality types. And actually when I was growing up, I was a very strong sanguine, which was, which is sort of Uh happy and sociable and um, all these strengths that have to do with, you know, being upbeat and positive. But the downside of a sanguine is, um, scatterbrained. Um, at, for instance, I have no idea what we're talking about right now. I completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> what were we talking about? Something about the garden oh, and yeah, that it's yeah. hard. So yes. I, like, I always did needlepoint projects and I do the design, but then I wouldn't do the white background. I, so my parents had this graveyard of needlepoint projects of mine because mm. I never wanted to finish the Sure. Background. So that's how I, my garden, I love to plant and plan and watch the uh-huh. rows start to sprout up. And then I have sun-dried tomatoes on the vine, you know, by the middle of <laughs> August. Yes, I'm just over it. <laughs> that's so over it. It's so, it's hot and it's so hot and then it runs out of steam. And then if you've ever planted squash and the squash boards get it, it like literally sucks away my will to live. Yes, I know the bugs. You can put all this, you can put all of this effort into it and then a worm or a bug will show up and it's as if it never happened. So, and no, no, I, I could ourselves. just, Oh my gosh. I could just kick my fence down. Okay. Listen, 
So I want to ask you one last question um, as we kind of wrap up the show. And this is Thanksgiving's right around the corner. Obviously, we're going to be home. Our big kids are going to be home. It's exciting. Um, so we like to ask this question of all of our guests. It feels really applicable now, sort of in a thankful season. It's, I don't know if you read Barbara Brown Taylor. Do you read her at all? No, I don't read you would love her. You would love I'll her so much. She asks a great question, uh, and it can be anything. It can be big, it can be small, it can be serious, it can be funny, just whatever it actually is. So she always asks, what is saving your life right now? What is saving my life right now? My gosh. Um, Mm -hmm. Oh, my faith. Hmm. I love that. Yeah, me too. I don't know. I'm not sure how it would work if that, you know, if that was, if that guidepost wasn't there. No, it wouldn't work for me either. And I often think that in such in a world that is so hard and it can be so sad and it's definitely so loud. Um, I want, I don't know what I would do. I don't know where, where would my hope come from? Where would my joy come from? Um, yeah, so, and the yes. purpose and the, the yeah, yeah, it's, it's that, that I would say that. And I always thought I would probably write a book someday, melodramatic title of something like Psalms saved me. You know, it's, <laughs> I, I feel, I can really see the times in my life when I, when I yeah. dove into Psalms and, um, it just, it was almost an immediate solution or resolution. And so, totally. yeah. It's the antidote to our declarations. We'll include them in our Twitter feed. And then Bravo I, would be my second answer. No, <laughs> obviously. I mean, there's nothing like Jesus and Bravo to like pull you out of any funk. Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I can't thank you enough. Just cannot thank you enough for being on today. It's so fun to talk to you. Um, thank you that you let me finagle your cell phone out of you somehow. And I'm sorry that I keep sending memes. It's just the way that I talk. Gifts no, are my language. This, this is, yeah, I know. I, I sent you one that I wasn't sure I should send you. And then you didn't no, answer. They, they all and then I was it. like, oh, no, I went too far. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. There's no, there's no such thing as too far on that. So if ever you're thinking, is this, is this one too much? The answer is never. So if I ever think that I'll just press send really fast. Press send really (laughs) quickly um, before you talk yourself out of it. Okay. Well, you're just very beloved, very, very beloved by me, by all my people. They're so excited um, to hear from you. So um, we'll get to work on our Twitter feed. And the next time I have a declaration, I'll send it to you first to see if it's, if it's viable. Bounce it off me and I'll, uh-huh. I'll be in full support. I guarantee it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, Thanks take for being care, on. Jen. Thank you. You too, Ree. Bye-bye. Ah, she's so fun. We talked for over an hour without even trying. I had a thousand other things to talk about. We might have to do a, a redo. We might have to do a second installment of the re-engine conversation. Anyway, she's just so great. You guys, everything uh, that we talked about in this podcast, I'm going to have over on my website at jenhatmaker.com. We'll have all of Ree's cookbooks linked and her website linked and just anything that we said. Um, we'll have over there. Uh, for you to get find easy, easy peasy. So she's just so great. It's so fun to to get to to have wonderful people like Ree in our world. And so hope you enjoyed our show. We're you're not going to want to miss the rest of 
this series. We've got so many great guests coming up, um, all kinds of things like relationship experts for the tricky holidays and food and traditions. And we've got really, really cool stuff coming. So be sure to dial in for the rest of this series because it's just great content that I think you're going to enjoy and you're going to learn from. It's going to be really useful and really um, great to listen to. So as always, thanks for listening. Thanks for your reviews. Thanks for your kind words. It's so um, great to have you as a listener. And we also are paying attention to all your feedback. So you let us know what you're loving and what you'd like to hear more about and who you'd like to hear from. And we're absolutely taking notes. So you guys, um, thanks for joining me today and have an awesome day. Thanks for joining us today on the For the Love podcast. Tune in next week when we sit down again with Jen and friends to chat about all the things we love. We love you, our listeners, so we want to be sure you subscribe to For the Love with Jen Hatmaker via iTunes or your favorite podcast provider so you don't miss a thing. And if you have a minute, please leave us a review. To become a part of Jen's online community, visit jenhatmaker.com and sign up for her newsletter. It's full of all the things you love, including free stuff. We love free stuff. Thanks for listening and see you next time on For the Love with Jen Hatmaker.